Uh, one of the things that I loved about youth ministry as a new pastor was getting paid to go on missions trips. Uh, it didn't get any better. I love uh, going to new places, meeting new people, seeing God work in a team of people uh, on one of those trips to Mexico that we took in the late 90s was a pair of teenage sisters, Jessica and Jenna. And the team went to Durango, which is in the center of Mexico. And I don't think Jessica and Jenna had like ever left the country before, except maybe to see Niagara Falls or something like that. And they did an awesome job on the trip. Uh, they worked hard. They loved on the kids that they worked with. They had an amazing amount of compassion for those around them, especially those kids. Uh, when you travel that far into Mexico, you can't help but see the living conditions of the people and how they live and how poor they are. Most of the youth that we took on that trip left everything that they took except the clothes on their back when we drove back to the States. Uh, those little kids in Mexico captured the youth's heart. When we returned to the church, there were parents gathered, uh, hugs were exchanged, uh, parents loaded the car to head home. But instead of a hug, Jess marched right up to her dad and said, you lied to us. You told us those kids were actors. They weren't. I saw them. They're real. I later found out she was talking about all the commercials that we all see where there's little kids in need and whoever it is that's hosting the commercial is usually looking for a donation. You know, the, the commercials where the little kids sitting in the dirt picking up a couple kernels of corn and eating them or a, a desperate mom is holding a child with a bloated belly. Well, Jess's dad had told her that the kids in those commercials weren't real, that they were actors. The trip had been eye-opening. She had seen some of those own kids with her very eyes. She knew some of their names, and she felt burdened to do something about it. Our youth group sponsored a World Vision child. Uh, this series is called Blessed with What? And last week we talked about being blessed with the need for meaningful relationships, both with God and with one another. And this morning, uh, we're going to talk about being blessed with a burden. Being blessed with a burden. And my prayer is that God would burden your heart so much that you would do something about it. When you talk about meeting needs, it's true. Uh, you can't meet every single need that there is. You can't help everyone. But even if you help one, 
that's significant because everyone matters to God. Amen? So, what is it? Do you know? Do you know what the burden, that divine burden on your heart is? I want to look at three different questions and three different scriptures to help you discern what that burden is in case you don't immediately know. So here's the first question. What breaks your heart? What pulls at your heartstrings? What makes the emotion well up in your soul? What makes you think or sometimes even say, that's not right. And it it gets you like right here. There's an example of this from the book of Nehemiah. And, And Nehemiah found out that the walls and the gates in Jerusalem had actually been broken down and the people there were literally defenseless. This is Nehemiah 1, 3 through 4. They said to me, those who survived the exile are back in the province and are in great trouble and disgrace. The walls of Jerusalem is broken down and its gates have been burned with fire. When I heard these things, I sat down and wept. For some days I mourned and fasted and prayed before the God of heaven. Nehemiah is so burdened, he literally sits down and weeps. I I sort of imagine him hearing this news and literally like almost uncontrollably just dropping on the spot and weeping. He grieved not, not for few minutes, not for an hour, like for days he grieved this. This wrecked him. I wonder if he even felt like eating. It says he fasted. Have you ever been so grieved? It's like, you don't want to eat, you don't want to, it's just, anybody want to guess who God called and used to help rebuild the gates and the walls? Yeah. You guessed it. The guy with the burden. Nehemiah. That's why the book's named after him, right? If it it was somebody else, then it would have been called by somebody else's name. God is in the habit of using people who are wrecked by burdens of the heart. So what, what is it? What breaks your heart? Is it kids living in garbage dumps? Because if you've seen the commercials, they're real. They're not actors. Maybe it's racism, people being judged by the color of their skin. Maybe it's young men and women coming home from serving our country that struggle with post-traumatic stress or or kids that don't have enough to eat or, or single moms who struggle trying to fulfill the role of two people on their own. What wrecks you because whatever wrecks you will give you a really good indicator of where the blessing of that burden is from God on your heart question number two what makes you angry and you can't say 
uh, everything, <laughs> or people in general. That doesn't count. And, and, and I'm not talking about uh, people who ride your bumper uh, or chew loudly. I'm not even talk, talking about people who text during the sermon. <laughs> I'm talking about something that makes you righteously angry. What upsets your spirit? And you're convinced that it upsets the spirit of God too. There's an example in Exodus chapter 2, verses 11 through 12. One day after Moses had grown up, he went out to where his own people were and watched them in their hard labor. He saw an Egyptian beating a Hebrew, one of his own people, Looking this way and that, and seeing no one, he killed the Egyptian and hid him in the sand. You, you know the story of Moses. He, he's like one of Pharaoh's sons, but he's not. He's really a Hebrew, and he knows it. He was rescued from the Nile by Pharaoh's daughter. He was hid there by his sister. And if God had not worked it out that his sister had hidden him and that Pharaoh's daughter had found him, he wouldn't know who he was. But God did work it out. He was a Hebrew living like an Egyptian prince. But the rest of his people were slaves. This passage says that he went out to watch his people in their hard labor and work. And I imagine Moses sitting there just wrecked in spirit. His people, his people were making bricks and he was living as a prince. How conflicted. Do you think his spirit would have been? And then he sees it. An Egyptian slave master, we assume, beating one of his family. Did he even know who that person was? I don't think so. I think Moses, for Moses, everyone mattered. Moses' temper flares. He does something unthinkable. He looks around and he doesn't see any other Egyptians. So he kills the guy, digs a hole in the sand, and the deed is done. Now for the record, I am not advocating that you kill anyone and bury them in your yard. That is not what I'm saying. Although in my understanding of the word, sometimes in self-defense, that is justifiable, but we'll leave that as it is. My point is, righteous anger motivated him to do something. So you want to take a guess who God later called to do something about his people's slavery in Egypt? <laughs> yeah, Moses. The guy that was righteously angry, the guy with a burden, the guy that was wrecked in spirit. So where do you get fired up? Do you, do you hate addiction but love the people who struggle? Do you hate people that take 
advantage of the elderly or, or kids? Are, are you frustrated that this world has enough food in it, but people die every day from starvation? Actually, we're going to give you a chance to do something about that, uh, and we're going to feed you lunch before we get to feed 40,000 other people. Check this video out. Uh, this is for next week. This is Nueva Vida. Nueva Vida, meaning new life, was founded in 1998 after Hurricane Mitch devastated some communities surrounding Lake Managua. The displaced were sent here to rebuild in refugee communities. And many of those same families still call this home, most struggling to make ends meet on a daily basis. Thanks to groups like yours, Rise Against Hunger works in communities like this all around the world. Here in Nicaragua, our in-country distribution partner, Orphan Network, distributes those meals that volunteers package. And coupled with education, further tutoring, and vocational training, these meals bring hope and a future. Your support changes lives. Thank you for your commitment to ending hunger. This is possible because of what we get to do together. We have no clue where the meals that we will pack will go, but we, they will let us know. And when we know, we'll let you know. But next week, we get to pack 40,000 meals together. You can sign up in the hallway after church. It is an awesome time. Please sign up. Number three, question number three. What have you noticed that you care about that other people don't seem to care about? Where, where do you get excited that other people think, other people think, well, that, you know, that's probably a good thing to do, but they just never seem to do anything about it. What, what makes you think, why isn't everyone passionate about this? That might be a great indicator of where God has blessed you with a burden. And it's unique to you because you care about it and other people don't seem to. And really, it, it doesn't even have to be people. I, I, I know people that are honestly, positively burdened about rescue dogs. I, I know people that are crazy about recycling. You, you throw something in the trash and they're like, oh, we can't put that in a landfill. That's got to be recycled. For me, it's people that don't know Jesus. It's, it's why I do what I do. I can't not do this because every one matters. Where has God blessed you with a burden? And, and I'm going to take a guess that God is calling you to act in that area of burden because God is in the habit of, of calling people who are wrecked over a burden and using them in the place that they're burdened. You see, God loves you so much that he planned things for you to do, good works in advance in the area that he burdened you. He knew exactly where you were going to be at in your life, what was going to burden your heart, 
He knew all your pains, all your trials, all your joys. It's not that God caused directly all those things to happen, but he will craft a plan for your life that will not waste any of that. He trusts you so much that he blessed you with a burden and gifted you to make a difference in that area of your life. He wants you to pray and work and leverage who you are today to make a positive difference. Now, th this is obvious, but, but I'm going to say it anyway. These are things that don't count as you doing something about the blessing that God has burdened you with. Number one. God doesn't want you to just complain about whatever your burden is. Whining is not a spiritual gift. You can either be part of the problem or part of the solution. Whining doesn't help. God has called you, gifted you, burdened you to be part of the solution. Amen? Amen. Number two, God does not want you to ignore your burden. You, you can't just push that down and go about your day. Sort of like the little kid who's talking to their parents and says, I can't hear you, I can't hear you. I hated it when my kids did that. You can't do that with God. Some people spend years trying to do that with God. You can't ignore him. You can't say, come on, God, I'm trying to be comfortable here. I don't want to be burdened. Being blessed with a burden is not always comfortable. It will keep you up at night. It will compel you to give your heart, your resources, your time, everything you are to make a positive difference. So if you know the burden God has blessed you with. Let it wreck you. One of the, the blessings that I get to watch as your pastor is seeing God wreck you and work through you. It doesn't matter whether you're serving and sharing a smile with somebody at the door or serving at Grow or helping other people achieve weight loss goals. The story of how God is blessing you as you help others blesses me. You are a blessing. And I love hearing how God wrecks you and uses you for his glory. I'm, I'm just thrilled about the direction we're headed as a church because I, I really think God is going to increase the number of people that are, are wrecked here over people that don't know Jesus because everyone matters. And I think Jesus is actually in advance preparing their hearts to hear your invitation, not just to church, but into a relationship with the God who loves them and died for them. God is going to wreck us in the best possible way. Like Nehemiah, 
you may not even be able to stand. It happens. I, I want to close with a scripture, a, a, a glimpse into somebody who was kind of wrecked by God, and then a, a prayer, a benediction. So this is the scripture I want to close with. It's Isaiah 6, 5 through 8. Then I said, it's all over. I'm doomed, for I am a sinful man. I have filthy lips. I live among people with filthy lips, yet I have seen the king, the Lord of heaven's armies. Then one of the seraphim flew to me with a burning coal he had taken from the altar with a pair of tongs. He touched my lips with it and said, See, this coal has touched your lips. Now, hear this, now your guilt is removed and your sins are forgiven. Then I heard the Lord asking, whom shall I send as a messenger to this people? Who will go for us? And I said, here I am, send me. May you know that that cleansing touch of Jesus is for you this morning. In the name of Jesus Christ, you are forgiven. Your guilt is gone. The Lord is sending you to proclaim his freedom. And this, this is the prayer that I want to pray over us as a church this morning. It's actually a Franciscan benediction. Would you pray with me? May God bless you with discomfort at easy answers, half-truths, and superficial relationships so that you may live deep within your heart. May God bless you with anger at injustice, oppression, and exploitation of people so that you can work for justice, freedom, and peace. May God bless you with tears to shed for those who suffer from pain, rejection, and starvation, so that you may reach out your hand to comfort them and turn their pain into joy. And may God bless you with enough foolishness to believe that you can make a difference in this world so that you can do what others claim cannot be done. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.